And somebody said, praise the Lord. It is so good to be here today with your good pastor and his wife. They're some of the best people in the world, and you know that, of course. I don't have to tell you that, but they certainly are worthy of double honor for all that they have done, they continue to do, continue to be. And we love them very, very much. It's a real honor to be here today on this day. Certainly appreciate all of the mothers. I appreciate my mother. My mother was a Mennonite when my father met her in the early 30s. And he looked at her and saw a godly lady and said, If you'll become Pentecost, I'll marry you. She did, and he did. I love my mother, and I miss her. She helped me so much. Just recently, I was in an installation service with my grandson, and I gave him a Bible that I received the revelation of this great truth by reading and studying by the help of my mother. She was a godly woman, and she helped me so much, especially when I was trapped in a woman's body. She delivered me. <laughs> and I'm glad that she recognized it was a man child. And I can tell you, we haven't changed that. It's more popular to be different than you as born in our world in some sections, but not around here. I see some good mothers that are happy to be female, feminine ladies. Great mothers. Praise God. Praise God. So good to be here, and I'm so honored to be here Pastor, you're one of the best, and I've watched you through the years. I wasn't that much older than you a long time ago. So good to be here today. Somebody, somebody asked me if I was for Mike Terry's church. I don't know where you are. Where are you? There you are. He said, why aren't you wearing white tennis shoes? See, a few of you know that. Not everybody knows that. I just want you to know he kept it on the feet, and I kept it on the top. <laughs> but it's so good to be here. The presence of the Lord was awesome. I want to thank Pastor and this great church and his wife for the hospitality. Got in a room last night, and there was enough food in that basket to help us. And we made it past breakfast. And I think there's enough for lunch. And if you'll all come over, we'll be gone, but uh, there's enough for dinner. So happy to be here, the presence of God. This church means a lot to me because I've watched it through the years. And to be here today and to see the development across the street, I was here when you were talking about that. And uh, our world is changing so rapidly. We need a church. Everybody needs a church. 
everybody needs a pastor, especially in a world that our phones are wireless and our cooking is fireless and our cars are keyless. Our food is fatless, uh, some of it. Our tires are tubeless. Our youth are jobless. Leaders are shameless. Relationships are meaningless. Attitudes is careless. Too many wives are fearless. Babies are fatherless. Feelings are heartless. Education is valueless. And children are mannerless. Everything has become less but our hopes are still endless. And our president is clueless. I'm sorry. I think they told him where he was the other day. I know we're living in a pandemic today. It's about over. Thank God it's not going to last forever. It's made in China. But I came to tell you that COVID can't take our victory. I came to tell you that COVID cannot take the answers out of the Bible. I come to tell you that COVID can't take our prayer away from us, can't take our praise away from us, can't take our victory away from us. God still inhabits the praises of His people. Hallelujah. And COVID can't destroy anointed preaching. Our world, I know you're standing. I'm going to be standing for a while too. COVID cannot take away apostolic singing. And that was beautiful singing around here today. God still pours out his blessings. And I'm so, so thankful for it. They tell me that a mask is good, but two masks are better. And I saw a picture the other day. They even want you to wear your mask outside of the house. And then there's another picture. They're now wanting you to wear your seatbelt out of the car. It makes about that much sense, doesn't it? And I know it's real. COVID can take your life, but he can't take my joy. And it can't take my victory. can't take my peace. Can't take my Holy Ghost. Oh, hallelujah. And I might just add, due to COVID, rioters, please stay home and destroy your own home. We're here because we have victory. We're not here to destroy our city, our world. We're here to destroy the powers of Satan. We're here to have victory in the house of God. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. You might as well make him welcome in your spirit because he's already here. Oh, lift up your voices, lift up your hands and worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. One more time, can you just shout with victory? 
Because when you shout, doubt goes out. When you shout, Satan goes out. When you shout, the Holy Ghost comes in. There's victory in this house today. Praise God, praise God. Well, it's so good to be here, and I appreciate the invitation. So I want to make sure that I'm watching the time. Somebody did that one time, and the little boy asked his dad, what does that mean? He said, nothing at all. So we're here to have a good time today. You know, living for God's fun. You shouldn't be sad when you're a Christian. The Bible said a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. And I got to quit on that unless I have an overdose myself. But it's just good to be in the house of the Lord, be able to smile and be happy in life. I love being a Christian. I love being an apostolic Christian. I love being a Holy Ghost Christian. I love being a baptized in Jesus' name Christian. I love being full of His Spirit. I love to worship Him. I have come to do that today. Praise God, praise God. What do you say we preach a little? In the book of Genesis chapter 1, verse number 10. And God called the dry land earth. And the gathering together of the waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. And God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit after its kind. Everybody say, after its kind. Whose seed is in itself. Would you repeat that? Whose seed is in itself. Whose fruit is in itself upon the earth. And it was so. And the earth brought forth grass, an herb yielding seed after his kind, and the tree yielding fruit whose seed was in itself after his kind. And God said it was good. Aren't you glad for that? Now, I believe in global warming. Okay, well, let's read it. Genesis chapter 8, verse 22. While the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, night and day shall not cease. I believe in climate change. It's biblical. You know why they got rid of global warming? Somebody told them the Bible said, hell from beneath is going to meet thee at thy coming. They got rid of that because they was afraid of the heat. Then they said global warming, we're now going to call it climate change. And now look at the scripture, cold and heat, summer and winter is going to be here until Jesus Christ comes. So you can say you're all right with climate change. Just give him the scripture. It'll shut them up, I promise you, because they don't like the Bible. They have their own Bible. They have their own religion. They have their own thinking. But we have the true God. His name is Jesus Christ. 
Well, hallelujah. Well, I want to preach to you for a little while, and I hope I will not do what I did last time. I kept you beyond the normal time of dismissal, and I apologize for that. We'll do our best to let you out of here before the, before the, before the. Somebody said, praise the Lord. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Savior, we love you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your truth. We ask you to help us. I want to preach about the seed today. The seed. The Bible said in the book of Psalms 126, verse 6, He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Some have said that there are seeds from the pyramids that have germinated and grown. There's no real record of that, but the oldest seed that has germinated according to Genesis Book of Records is found from Israel. The oldest seed germinated was 2,000 years old. It was discovered in Masada in the 1960s. It was planted by Dr. Sarah Salen who worked and was a part of the Lewis Boric Natural Medicine Research Center in Hagasa, the medical organization in Jerusalem. They planted that seed, and it grew after 2,000 years. 2,000 years. Talking about the genealogy of a seed and where it comes from, it comes from a mother plant. And that mother plant, of course, produces seed, and uh, sometimes you can't tell seeds apart when they're small flowering seeds, and you don't know what color they're going to produce unless it's written on the card, but you know it's going to produce a flower because it is seed. The Bible said in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 37, and that which thou sowest, thou sowest not that body that shall be. I read to you today from the reading of Scripture that every seed has in it everything to produce its own variety of species. I'm glad to present to you and tell you today that if you was born a male, you're going to be a male no matter what your hair looks like. Because God made every seed be able to produce itself and make itself what it is. And Paul said, when you sow a seed, it's going to be different than what you put in the ground. I'm so glad that when we bury somebody in the name of Jesus Christ, it's a different person that comes up out of that watery grave. We buried that old nature, that old carnal attitude, that old attitude that thought you was so right until one day the Word of God was preached to you and you found out you needed something better. I'm so glad that I found something better. 68 years ago, I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I still love to worship God. I still love to feel the presence of God. And I'm here to tell you, I still love my pastor. I miss him. He's gone, but I still love him. I drive by his house every once in a while, and it just seems like the steering wheel wants to pull over and say something to him. And I miss him. But I thank God he put something in me that's lasted through this 
generation that we live in today. So when a green shoot starts to break loose from that seed and grow, if you don't know what you planted, you're going to be surprised when it comes up. But I'm telling you, what's not going to be surprising is whatever seed was planted is going to produce what it's supposed to produce. Our world is wishing for a lot of things to be different. They're sowing their wild oats, hoping something else will come up. The only way you're going to get rid of your wild oats is to be baptized in Jesus' name and let something grow in you that's better than what you've ever had in your life. The book of Genesis, the third chapter, it talks about the clash of the seeds. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, now shalt bruise his heel. I think it's time to bruise some heels around here. When the enemy comes in like a storm, like a like a thunderous storm, the Bible said the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against it. I just want to remind you, you have something more powerful in you than the politicians and the people of our world have in them. That's why this church is so on fire. That's why there's a powerful move of God in this place. You have something better on the inside of you because something was planted in you that's producing something better than our world can produce in you. Our world is trying to produce college-educated kids, and they're changing the thinking of our society. It's so amazing that rich kids who come from wealthy families are trying to destroy the very thing that gave them the riches that they have. Yeah, they're pro, they're, they don't even know what socialism is. I've been to countries where socialism is alive, and very few people live over it. I'm glad for America. I love America. I love our Constitution. I love what we stand for as America. I pray that it lasts forever. I really do. I want my grandkids to be able to enjoy America. But if that doesn't happen, I want you to know, and I'm going to tell you boldly today, I'm looking for the rapture. I'm really not looking for our world to get better. I'm looking for the rapture to make us all better. Oh, hallelujah. So there was the clash of the seeds. He said, the seed of the serpent is going to fight the seed of the woman. You know why you have trouble? It's the clash of the seeds. You need to keep precious seed. You need to keep precious seed. The clash of the seeds in our day is still rampant. The enemy is trying his best to destroy our teenagers, trying to destroy our kids. I was reminded of the young man that was denied the farmer's daughter. So every day he walked in front of her house. The father looked at it every day and was angry that he was pacing up and down on the property. Did not realize that he was gathering Johnson grass seeds. Does anybody know what Johnson grass is? Uh, not a hand raised. There's not a farmer in the house. Oh, there we are. Johnson seed is the hardest weed to get rid of. Those kids saying about it today. Johnson grass is the hardest thing to get rid of. And he, his dad didn't realize that he was gathering those seeds every day. And every night he went out to his favorite 40 acres and put the Johnson seed in his crop. But the dad said, you know, this young man wants my daughter so bad. He's so consistent every day. Look at him. Every day he's out there. I'm sure he's praying. 
And at night he was sowing seeds. Came time the dad said, you know what? I think I'm going to let him marry my daughter. So they had a great wedding. And at the wedding, he said, you know, this boy walked every day. I'm sure he prayed every day. And I'm going to give him that 40 acres that I love so much. You better be careful what you sow. It's going to come up exactly what you sow. Every seed has the ability in itself to be what it is. You're not going to change a watermelon seed into an onion. You're not going to change a fruit tree that bears peaches into apples. It will produce whatever is in that seed. Whatever you do with you and your ability to live for God, you need to take care of what is placed in your heart and your life. I take you to the book of Isaiah chapter 1 and verse number 4. It said, Ah, oh, a sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors. They have forsaken the Lord. They have provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger, and they've gone backward. There is a seed of humanity. There is a seed of evildoers. And we're living in a horrible day for some people. I don't want to be too much of a, a dark cloud, but our world is not in good shape. Our society is not in good shape. That's why you're in church today. I'm not excited about politics. I'm not excited about ball games. I'm not excited about anything the world produces that's trying to take the place of what we have in this house today. I'm here to proclaim to you what God put in our spirits is a whole lot better than what's in the world. If they can shout over a football, they can shout over a baseball, they can shout over a basketball, I can shout over the oneness of Jesus Christ. I can shout over this glorious gospel. And I'm going to keep what God has given to us. Oh, hallelujah. This is the best thing going. There's nothing like it in all the world. This church is the best thing going. Why don't you get into it and make it happen better than it's ever been before? Hallelujah. The seed. The seed. Malachi spoke about it. And he said a marriage is supposed to bring forth children, of course. And he said that he might seek godly seed. I'm just going to brush through this real quick. It's Mother's Day, and I thank God for all the mothers that are here. My mother taught me a lot of the Word of God. My dad taught me what the pastor taught. My dad taught me how to pay tithes, give tithes and offering, and I thank God for all that. But my mother was a Sunday school teacher, a young people's Sunday school teacher for a long time, and I took her place, and I never could take her place totally but she was a godly woman. She put things in my spirit. And I pray, moms, today that you recognize the value of an apostolic church. And you put it in your children and make sure that there's value in what you're doing. For the Bible said that the Lord would seek godly seed. It, it, it's almost tragic to send our children to public school. Almost tragic to send our teenagers and, and kids to colleges today. They're trying to wipe out everything you've taught them as mothers and fathers. They're trying to destroy everything the pastor of the church has taught them. We don't have very many hours in a week to teach you, to preach to you, and we need to make the best of it. 
You send your kids off to school. They're with them six hours a day, five days a week, if they even go into school today. If you have a Christian school, you need to thank God for it. If you've been to a Christian school, you better thank God for it. Because you send your children off to college, they're going to warp your minds. They're going to indoctrinate them that our government's not good, our country's not good, and that's not the problem. It's not our country. It's not the government necessarily. It's the people in it. We need to pray for our leaders. The Bible said to pray for our leaders. You say, well, I'm not going to pray for our president. We need to pray for him. He needs more than they can give him. He needs us to pray for him. I don't care who he is. It was kind of funny yesterday. What was it, Friday night? We sat down with three little girls, and uh, we was having food after service, and one of them got up and went, went off, and I didn't pay much attention. Her mother came back with the camera and said, we want to get a picture of you. My daughter was so excited, she sat down and said, we're sitting by Bishop Trump. <laughs> I really don't care who president is if they just live for God. I really am telling you, I don't care what party they would be in, but they just do what's right. I'm here to tell you that we have the best thing going. I'm not so concerned about Washington. I am concerned about Cornerstone right now. And I want this church to grow like it's never grown before. I want victory in this house like it's never. You have something in you. It's called a seed. A seed. Well, hallelujah. Cain slew Abel. There was a void because Abel knew how to sacrifice. He knew how to sacrifice right. 25th verse of the fourth chapter of Genesis. And Adam knew his wife again, and she bare a son, called his name Seth. For God said, she hath appointed me another seed instead of Abel, whom Cain slew. And, and to Seth, to whom also there was born a son, and he called his name Enos. Then began men to call upon the name of the Lord. We need, we need another seed than the world is putting out. They're feeding so much into the minds of the public in fact, I'm not so sure that you need to read too much that comes out of the news media today. They're not godly. They are warped. We need God to appoint some more righteous seed. And that's what's happening here at Cornerstone. God is appointing some more seed. I don't know you, and I'm not going to try to figure out who you are and where you came from. I do have some relatives here. I got some, you, you know the difference between in-laws and outlaws? Outlaws are wanted. <laughs> I have some relatives here, and I love them. I, I can't believe 32 years ago, you don't even look 32. You look every bit of 51. I'm glad that God has given us families and people and pastor and his wife and a church. I don't know how often you come here, but it better be more than once a week. It needs to be more than once a week because you've got to nurture that seed that's in you. You have to develop that seed that's in you. There's nothing like Cornerstone anywhere around Cornerstone, anywhere close to Cornerstone. There's nothing like it. Oh, hallelujah. What do you say we have church around here? What do you say we have revival around here? What do you say we forget the world and start living for Jesus and thinking about heaven? Oh, hallelujah. The flood came and 
The Lord destroyed a lot of people and a lot of animals. But he said, I brought male and female into the boat to make sure that there was a live seed upon the face of the earth. God said to Abraham, after that, let not be grievous in thy sight because of the lad, because thy bondwoman and all that Sarah hath said unto thee, hearken unto her voice. For in Isaac shall thy seed be called. I'm hoping you're catching kind of where I'm going today with these scriptures. And also of the son of the bondwoman, I will make a nation because he is thy seed. Abraham, Isaac, and Esau. What a tragic transformation that took place in Esau's life. And it became rather than Abraham, Isaac, and Esau, it became Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And the reason was Esau was earthly. He minded earthly things. He paid attention too much to this life where Jacob hung around his mother, loved his mother, and he and his mother produced a future for Israel. I thank God for Jacob. Hallelujah. He was not right in everything. And I just want to tell you, you have not been right in everything. But there's a transformation in our life that takes place. When we're born in sin, we're born into a world of confusion. I want to honor this church today. I want you to know that this is the best thing going, and you need to thank God for this church. The pastor begins to sow some seed. And the Bible said, the word of God is the seed. And he begins to sow the seed. And some falls on thorny ground and stony ground and the wayside. But some falls on good ground. And let me just tell you that not all good ground is a hundredfold. Don't you start well, I better not pastor, but don't start picking at somebody that's not exactly like you, and you've been around here all your life. I had, I had, I had 91 years of IH Terry in me. I can't expect somebody to come in and be what I am immediately. You let the pastor and those that he puts in charge take care of those that are coming in. And you visitors are here. We love you. We're glad you're here. I don't care what you look like. I don't care where you came from. I don't care if you look at us and say, hey, I can't be what you are. Oh, yes, you can. You can be everything God wants you to be because the man of God here is sowing some seed. And it's precious seed. It's precious seed. Do you have any precious seed today? Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. My, my, my. Romans chapter 9, verse 29, and Isaiah said before, except the Lord of the Sabbath had left us a seed. This is where I'm going to preach. Everything else was free. This is going to cost you. The Lord left us a seed. We had been as Sodom and Gomorrah, but he left us a seed. 
This is where it gets heavy, church. We sometimes look at the world and, and we may sometimes mock just a little bit. Look at that. You come through the homeless camps and you come through people that got all kinds of colored hair and all kinds of piercings. And if you're not careful, you forgot that you would have been that had not God left you a seed. Well, hallelujah. Our world is not getting better, and I, I'm sorry. I have compassion on some of these people. They don't know who they really are. They don't even know what bathroom to use. They don't know what gender they are. But thank God he left us a seed. Or we would be just like them. You ought to rejoice that God left you a seed. Well, hallelujah. Oh, if I could preach to you today. The Gentiles followed not after righteousness. Even the righteousness which is of faith. But Israel which followed after the law of righteousness had not attained the law of righteousness. Wherefore, they sought it not by faith. But as it were the works of the law, for they stumbled at the stumbling stone, as it is written, Behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone and a rock of offense, wherefore believeth whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. You don't have to be ashamed of who you are. Let me just tell you, it's easier to be a Christian today than it was 30 years ago. 30 years ago, they kind of mocked us as holy rollers and made fun of us for talking in tongues and made fun of us for dressing like we dress. Honey, our world dresses so crazy, uh, you look beautiful. <laughs> Apostolics look beautiful. How many times have they come to you and said, you look like a Christian. You ought to wear that badge with honor. I am an apostolic saint of God. I belong to Jesus. God put something in me today that I'm very happy about. Another parable he talked about was a grain of a mustard seed, which a man took, sowed in his field, which indeed was the least of all seed, but when it's grown, it was a great among the herbs. It became a tree. You come in and you say, well, I can't be like pastor. I can't be like sister. I can't be like brother. Can't be like this. Can't be. Like, oh, yes, you can. You come in with nothing, just offer some good ground. If you're only bringing forth 30 fold a day, don't jump on that person, saying of God, and say, You're not as good as I am. You would not be what you are had not God left you a seed. You would not be where you are had not God given you a seed and placed it in your heart. And it began to grow and begin to develop. And the ministry began to water it and cultivate it and cut out some weeds. And the clash of weeds came on your life and began to war against the seed of righteousness. Uh, and the seed of evildoers began to work in your life. But preaching got a hold of you. Uh, the Word of God got a hold of you. Uh, and God has made you better. Somebody ought to shout with me. I am not my own. I belong to Jesus. And thank God he put a man of God in my life that taught me. I'm here today living for Jesus because the word of God was in my heart. 
Galatians 3 and 16, now to Abraham, Abraham and his seed, where the promises made, he saith not, and to seeds as of many, but as of one, and to thy seed, which is Christ. I love that scripture. Thy seed, which is Christ. It's Christ in us, the hope of glory. I'm not here to boast that I've lived for God all of my life. I'm not here to boast that my father received the baptism of the Holy Ghost in 1917 on a dirt floor and my grandmother taught him Sunday school class, prayed him through on a dirt floor and tell you that I've been righteous all my life and because of that I'm so pure. I'm not here to say that. I'm a sinner like the worst of sinners. I had no reason to be in the house of God, but a seed was planted in me or I would have been just like Sodom and Gomorrah today. You know why our world is going haywire? 30 years ago, we would not have put up with what we're putting up with today. Our politicians would not have put up what they're putting up with today. 50 years ago, there would have been riots by good people. But today, the seed of evildoers is growing rapidly. I'd like to preach to somebody today. It's time for us to take that precious seed, that precious seed. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Somebody ought to shout with me. I don't have time to tell you what's in every seed, but I have a picture in my notes what a seed looks like dissected. And it's interesting, it's labeled Everything that's in a seed. In a seed is the ability to become everything that seed is supposed to be. The Bible said the word of God is the seed. The Bible said you should bear precious seed. You're not supposed to go out there and badmouth this church. You go out there and tell them this is the best thing going in this city. And you, be, you need to come with me. Come on, bear some precious seed. Our world is tired. They really are. I've had two real estate agents tell me that the denominal world is not going back to church like they did. They didn't have a reason to go except for social events anyway. Listen to a speech. This is not my notes. This is free too. I'm so glad we don't have to listen to a speech. We listen to anointed preaching. We listen to the word of God come forth. The man of God has prayed and asked God for a message from us. We have to have church. The denominal world may not go back to church. COVID may have taken a lot of things away from them. There's going to be churches for sale all over, they say. There was 22 churches from Bakersfield to Modesto. All one denominal group for sale. We tried to get two of them. They'd rather sell them to the commercial world and get more money. Because some of those churches are on good property. They're not going back to church. They're going to stay home, watch, or listen. And let me just say, we may have had you listen once in a while, but don't stay home. Don't get in the habit of staying home. You know, you know where we are? We are here because we continue in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, prayers, breaking of bread. We have a reason to be in church. We didn't come to listen to a speech today. We came to listen to the Word of God. And I'm going to put some seeds out here today. 
in this word is something to produce exactly what it's supposed to be. But if the spirit of him or the seed of Christ that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, I feel some germinating seed going on right now. If that dwells in you, the Bible said, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies. You see, we, don't, we, we, we go to church because we know there's more than today. We don't walk away from here and say, boy, that was so good, we don't have to come back to church. The lady hadn't been to church in six months. She got up and testified. She said, boy, I love church. I come to church to fill up. The pastor said, well, you must have an awful big tank. You haven't been here in six months. We don't miss church. We come because something happens in an apostolic church. There's waters of everlasting life that helps germinate the seed that is in us. There's something eternal in this place. And I feel like, I feel like something powerful can happen in somebody's life right now if you'll let that seed get in you. And the waters of everlasting life begin to germinate in you. A seed. And let me just remind you, it has the ability to make you everything it's supposed to be. Everything it's supposed to be. If he had not left us a seed, we'd be just like Sodom and Gomorrah. You say, well, I wouldn't be that. You look at our world. Saw a guy the other day had so many piercings, if he cremated him, you could sell him for scrap metal. I'm sad for our world. They think that's helping them. Every once in a while, you see somebody and you want to say, Hello, I see you, trying to get some attention. I think it's time for us to get some attention. I think we ought to bear some precious seed and start saying, Hey, brother, let's shout right here on the street corner. Let's say amen. Let's say praise the Lord. Are you ashamed of who you are? I'm telling you, oh, no. Christ is that seed in me. I'm not ashamed of Jesus Christ. I'm not ashamed of this truth. I'm a one God, apostolic, tongue-talking, one God believer in the power of Jesus. I can't even sing that song. But I know who I am today. I'm not what I was born to be. I am what I was born again to be. So hallelujah. The man came to pray. He had false teeth, and every time he started talking in tongues, he took them out. And he spit him out and put him back in. They finally told him, said, put him out, take him out and put him on the altar. He put him on the altar. He got the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. He testified, said, thank God. I was born with teeth. I've been born again. Been born twice, no teeth. Whatever hinders you, you need to get rid of it and let the Holy Ghost come into your heart. If you've got a past that is long as Jack and the Beanstalk. You need to get rid of it at an altar. Bury it in the name of Jesus Christ and let a new seed begin to develop because the Word of God will produce something in you that has all the ability to produce of its own kind. That's why apostolic ladies look alike. You can be in an airport. You can be in a mall. Anywhere. And we as men ought to be the same way. I'm not going to tell you what you need to be. That's the pastor's job. Whatever he tells you you need to be, and ever how he tells you to dress, that's where you need to do it. Don't get upset at the Word of God. It has the ability to make you what God wants you to be. 
It's Christ in you. Remember that. It's Christ in you. Get some hope today. It's Christ. It's Christ in you. It's Christ in you. It's Christ in you. My, my, I, I must hurry. Joel said the seed is rotten under their clods. The garners are laid desolate. The barns are broken down. For the corn is withered. Brother Ham, a good friend of mine, he called me the other day and we had a good conversation about a situation. But he told me a while back about Monsanto, which makes seed. And they had altered soy seed so that it was resistant to Roundup. Now, what a miracle. It was resistant to Roundup. You could spray it, and it would grow, but the weeds would die. The trouble was, when the heat came up, it had no strength in it. It could not stand when the sun came up, because they had altered the genetics of the seed. I could preach so many messages you've already heard. I could go off on repentance. You're not going to alter repentance. It still is weeping before the Lord, getting rid of your past. We're not going to alter Jesus' name baptism. I'm not worried about what the creed said about it. I want to know what the apostles said about it. I want to know what Jesus said about it. Hello? I'm not going to alter the seed. Because if you alter the seed, you fall for anything in the heat. When the heat comes, you just lay over. You, they Somebody told me the other day the reason why the denominal world is having trouble with all the sexual revolution that's going on in our world, and it's a sexual revolution, not anything like the 60s. It's worse. But they said because churches didn't get rid of fornicators and adulterers in the church, now they have to put up with all this other stuff that has come out of it. You see, every seed has the ability to produce itself. Whatever seed is planted in the world, it becomes that. Whatever the world says is okay, that's what they do. They become that. And so our world is acceptance to everything that they say on the media, everything they put out in the world. They accept it. And we're accepting things that we should never accept. I know that we can't protest. We should not protest necessarily, except in a godly way. And I'll tell you how you protest all that's going on in our world. Load up your basket. Load up everything you can with precious seed. And go out to a world and begin to tell them, hey, I have something better for you. I have something better for you. you got to remember, we cannot alter this seed. We cannot genetically change it because it will hold up in the heat. You know why some of these older Saints are here, and I'm in your age. I'm 75, so I'm not talking bad about old people at all. I love you all. I'm glad you're old. It gives me hope. You know why we're still in the church? Our elders did not change the seed. It'll, it'll last when the heat's on. It'll last when the pressure's on. It'll give you strength when everything else has fallen. Because I read to you from Genesis, every seed has the ability to become what it's supposed to be. And this Word of God is God's Word. It's God's seed. Oh, hallelujah. So Monsanto created a problem and they had to get rid of it. But what Joel was really saying, and I paraphrase. When he said the seed is rotten in the field, he said, it's doomsday. It's over. Judgment day has come. The seeds are dead. The grain silos are abandoned. The barns are deserted. Who needs them? There's no crops. They failed. 
The farm animals are dying. Oh, how they groan. The cattle are milling around looking for something. There's nothing to eat. Not even the sheep finds blades of grass because it's doomsday. Oh, God, I pray that our world will recognize in the tragic moments that we are in that there's something going on great at Cornerstone. If you felt God today, you need to raise your hand and thank God that he left you a seed. Otherwise, you would be just like the world. Don't tell me you wouldn't be what the world is. You would be just like the world. You would feed yourself with Hollywood till your kids becomes what they are, and you left them too much in front of things you shouldn't have left them in front of. And here is an apostolic church. What do you say we have church? What do you say we have church? The fields are burning up, all because the seed is rotten. The country's in a dust bowl, forest and prairie fires rage unchecked, all because the seed is rotten. Wild animals dying of thirst, look for, looking for something to drink. Springs and deserts are like deserts springing up. The whole country is burning. But Christ left us a seed, or we had been like Sodom and Gomorrah. I'd like to preach that so hard till you understand the value of a church like you've never understood it before. If God had not given us the Holy Ghost, we'd think just like they think. We need to thank God for the Holy Ghost. We need to thank God for an altar. It doesn't have to be a wooden bench. This is an altar. This is where you can repent of your sins. Here's where your sins can be washed away in the name of Jesus Christ. And here you can receive a seed of eternal life. Or otherwise, we would be like Sodom and Gomorrah. But the seed will produce itself, just like the Bible said. And thy seed, which is Christ. I'm glad to proclaim to you that righteous seed is in this place today. Praise God. Praise God. My, my. What are you looking for, preacher? I, I was preaching one time, and I was about half excited as I am today, and I'm excited about this today. I'm excited about this truth. And I got to preach, and I said, oh, I'm looking for a place to land. I don't know how to land this. One of my good members said, crash land it, preacher. <laughs> Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. This seed will help you not to sin. That seed will produce fruit of the Spirit. That seed will produce something in you better than the world has to offer. Well, hallelujah. God knows what he's doing when he says, it shall be in you a well springing up. Don't give up when the blade of grass doesn't look like it ought to be as fast as you want it to be. Let the word of God develop you. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. The Lord has left us a seed. Load it up today. Load it up today. Let's bear some precious seed to a hungry world that's looking for something better than they have. I know you thought I was through. I'm not. An ear of corn has about 800 kernels on it. 1,800,000 kernels per acre. 
three to four years replanting every kernel of corn. Listen to this. Three to four years replanting every kernel of corn would cover the entire earth with corn. Now that's corny. Stop and think about it. That's an ear of corn. And we have some precious seed. And it's made us what we are. Jesus was born of the seed of Abraham that made him everything human. But he also had the Spirit of God without measure that made him everything God. Because that seed has the ability to make it everything that it's supposed to be. God may have given you a car, but you just drove the wheels off of it, wore it out, but he gave you a seed. He could have given you a house, but you'd just put godly, ungodly things in it if you're not careful, but he gave you a seed. He could have given you good looks, but you'd just tried to be a movie star. Somebody would have told you you was awfully pretty, and you would have believed him, and you probably was because they didn't say you was very pretty. could have given you longer life, but if you're not careful, you wouldn't live for God if you had more years. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the time to get ready. Today is the time to live for God. He left us a seed. Had he not left us a seed, we would be as Sodom and Gomorrah. Well, I got I to gotta read this to you. Report on CNN website. Somebody sent this to me. It said, there's no way to determine the gender of a person at birth. What has been known for thousands of years has suddenly disappeared from human knowledge. Amazing. Where did that knowledge go? Of the very first child born to the human family, it is said by the mother who knew immediately, and Adam knew his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain, and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. Such knowledge has seemingly escaped from current science and biology. Strangely enough, they can figure out what gender to put on your toys, your dolls. They're trying to change that now. The sexual revolution has gone in our world. It has delivered seeds of unrighteousness and seeds of wickedness. The transgender society, I'm trans-slender. I think I'm thin. So I'm thin. Fat lives matter. Open those buffets. The Bible said, be not conformed to this world, but be ye. We are, we are trans. We're not transgender. We're transformed. Because seed got in us that makes us different. Somebody ought to shout with me. Aren't you glad you're a child of God? Had he not left us a seed, we'd be like Sodom and Gomorrah. What do you say we cultivate that? Give me those everlasting waters. Give me that protection of the Holy Ghost. Let there be a fence around my garden. Let me keep what God has given to me. Let me guard who I am as a child of God. I closed the book. Come on, you can have some hope. We have been given something better than the world. We are here because Jesus gave us life and that more abundantly.
Somebody ought to shout with me today and know that you are a child of God. God has called you. God has provided for you. You have a reason to shout. You have a reason to be a child of God. If it was not for this church, we would be just like the world. But thank God there's a seed in us that makes us just like Jesus Christ. I want to be more and more like Jesus. Oh, somebody shout with me. Somebody let the Holy Ghost come into this place. As the musicians come, I want to deal with the heart of somebody right now. This world has planted seeds of evil and seeds of unrighteousness in your life. Somewhere you got to cultivate that out. Chop some weeds. I came by the other day, one of the forest fires up by Yosemite. And uh, I went by a field the other day that had burned, and I saw underneath that there was a growth coming back out of the ground in a burnt over field. Maybe your life is totally wrecked. Maybe it's a burnt over field. But if you ever knew anything about God or ever heard just His name, I don't care what burned you out. I don't care what tried to destroy you. All it takes is a little bit of rain from heaven and that seed will germinate. 2,000 years ago, they found a little seed. They planted it. Let me just remind you, church, 2,000 years ago, Jesus was planted in the earth. Died the death of all men because he was every bit human. He died and they placed him in a tomb. It wasn't even his own. It was a borrowed tomb. <laughs> but behind that rock, something began to happen. And the Bible said the stone was rolled away. And Jesus came out of that because he had a seed in him that was godly seed. Come on, church. We have something in us that's going to produce something. Let's bear some precious seed. Let's do something for God today. Let's let a sinner in the house, and I don't know who you are, but let's let a sinner in the house recognize, hey, there's a reason we're here. We can offer you a better life. We could offer you something better because we would have been just like the rest of the world. But God put something on the inside of us. And we have risen to walk in newness of life. There's a hope for you today, friend. I don't know your background. I don't know where you come from. I know this man come from Kenya. Uganda? Cameroons. Oh, I missed it twice, but you got it right. You know who you are. And you got a beautiful smile. And God is loving you. I want to see some more seed germinate. 2,000 years ago, the Lord decided he's going to start planting some seeds in the world. And today, wherever you are in this building, I don't know what you went through yesterday. I don't know what you went through last week. I don't know what last month gave you, and I don't know what COVID has done to your home and your family. It's been tragic. It's some families. I understand all of that. 
but there's something better right now. And as they sing, these altars are open. The service is not complete until somebody's born again. The service is not complete until somebody's received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The service is not complete until you recognize there's something called eternal life that you can have in this place today. And as this church lifts up your voice, lifts up your hands to God Almighty, let me just remind you again, had he not left us a seed, we would be as Sodom and Gomorrah. If you're saved today, you're baptized in Jesus' name, full of the Holy Ghost, you better not get too arrogant because they're trying to change the seed in our world. If you're not careful, you'll get in the wrong vein. You're getting the wrong furrow. But there's life here today. There's life here today. We're bearing precious seed today. We may weep a little even while we're bearing precious seed. But we have hope that you're going to rise out of the quagmires of sin and confusion and bring victory and liberty to your life. Thank God for young men. Thank God for young ladies. Thank God for a church. Thank God for a pastor and his wife. Thank God for the Word of God. If there's sorrow in your life, remember there's victory in the house of God. Sing it.